Welcome to the WP Tonic WordPress and SaaS podcast. Jonathan Denwood and his co-host Stephen Souder interview the leading experts in WordPress, e-learning and online marketing to help WordPress professionals launch their own SaaS. Take it away, guys. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic This Week in WordPress and SaaS. We've got a great special guest. We've got Jan, Jan Kosh, the owner and CEO of Virtual Summit Mastery. I've got a replacement for Stephen. I've got Spencer Forum. Stephen's swanned off to Mexico, leaving me on my own try. <laughs> but damn, Stephen, i got Spencer. I'm sure Spencer will be able to cope and be a great co-host. It's going to be a great conversation conversation about virtual summits and mastery. I'm going to let Jane quickly introduce himself. So Jane, can you quickly introduce yourself to the tribe? Of course. First of all, thanks for having me. Um, I run Virtual Summit Mastery. I have a vast background in WordPress development, started in the WordPress space in 2012, 2013. Uh, Ran a WordPress freelance business, then hosted the WP Summit in 2015. That got me hooked onto the strain of virtual events. Um, that summit pivoted my business from freelancing to having to build an agency because it was overloaded with work. Ran WP Agency Summits twice, 2019-2020. And since 2021, I then took over Virtual Summit Mastery, which was founded by my friend Navid, because I'm just full on virtual events these days. I mean, with the, with the pandemic and everything happening, they won't go anywhere. So long story short, uh, WordPress developer turned educator and, and summit host. There we go. And I've got my co-host, Spencer Forum. Spencer, would you like to introduce yourself to the audience? Sure. Spencer Foreman from WP Launchify and otherwise. And uh, I don't know. You guys can Google me. You've seen me on the show a hundred times. <laughs> right. That's great. And before we go into this great conversation, I've got a message from one of our major sponsors. Be back in a few moments, folks. Hi there, folks. I just wanted to tell you about our major sponsor, and that's Castos. If you're looking to get into podcasting for yourself or for clients, you need a top quality podcasting platform, and that's what you get with Castos. It has a superb interface really easy to use and you're not penalized for success they have a flat rate pricing structure don't matter how many podcasts you make how many downloads you achieve you'll just pray at one fixed rate with castos plus there's support and just the quality of the people are just amazing we're coming back just wanted to say um Castos is just fantastic. And also they've got a special offer for the tribe. If you go to WP Tonic slash recommendations, you find that offer, plus a host of other special offers and recommendation of the best WordPress plugins, solutions that you can find. All recommendations have been used by me or members of the panel on the Friday show. Um so let's go straight into it. And in a way, you kind of, in your introduction, you kind of answered question one. But let's, let's <laughs> delve into a bit more detail. So you took over Virtual Summit Mastery. Um, 
why did you, you know, what do you really see the purpose of the main business and why did you decide that you wanted to buy the company and um, become its CEO, Jane? Um, brilliant question. First of all, I know the founder since 2012. We started our own or our entrepreneurial journeys in the same mastermind group. So there was this really solid base of trust, which is very, very important when you talk about acquisitions. And I knew that the program he has built is amazing and it delivers results. So when I saw the WP Agency Summit work really, really well, and I saw the people come together and foster connections with events in real life being shut down at the time, I saw people come together online and now everybody's talking about summit fatigue and Zoom fatigue and blah, blah. But back then that wasn't the situation. And I had been approached by maybe 10 clients within two weeks or 10 potential clients to host summits for them. Never ever considered it before. And then I thought, well, maybe this is the right move for me to pivot a little bit out of WordPress, out of the WordPress ecosystem and more into digital marketing in general. And then Navid approached me out of nowhere, telling me that he wanted to change directions in his business, that he was a little bit getting tired about Virtual Summit Mastery and doing the same thing for six years. And he wanted to do something else. And we set up a good agreement that I can, uh, I could take over VSM. He's now doing something else. He's enjoying a lifestyle of more travel and being around the world and stuff like that. And I run the business and my mission right now for VSM is I want to build it into a seven-figure business. I want to enroll at least 300 new people in the course this year. And I want to have uh, an involvement in multiple virtual events myself as a consultant. So the overall goal is helping people bring communities together, which I, I think is now needed more than ever. It's like this real human connection when we still can't travel as much as we wanted to. And I think if you do a summit the right way and you focus on the attendee experience, not so much about your own monetary goal, then you can achieve that. And that's what I want to help with, with VSM. Yeah, that's great. And Jane is um, helping me with the WP Tonic Summit, which will be at the end of June. And I'll be telling you, Tribe, more about this in the coming weeks and months. Over to you, Spencer. Yeah, I mean, I'm really, uh, I can see on your website, you've got a lot of social proof and some other faces <laughs> and people that I know from around the industry. Help our audience understand a little bit. Is this a product, like the form of self uh, take a course that you take yourself or is a combination of sort of a concierge service with a product or give us a run through like what does it look like to engage with VSM? Yeah, so the entry point is a cheat sheet. It's like the general lead magnet that you would have with any online business. It's a PDF outlining the process. We have five pillars that, that the process uh, focuses on. It leads into a book and then into a course for a self-study program. That's a six-month program where you take the course, you execute the summit yourself, you get into the VSM community to get support with, from other summit hosts who have done, some of them do six-figure events, some of them do four-figure events, it's all across the board. And you run the summit, six months is more than enough for the first time, even if you have never done something like that before, you don't have an audience, it's still possible. 
after that, it becomes a monthly retainer because I want to make sure people take action on this course. I don't want to have any lurkers who just buy and then never act on anything. I've done that myself more than once and I know it doesn't feel great. There is another level to VSM, which is one-to-one mentoring, which is uh, what Jonathan mentioned. That is more on a, I want to say, per project basis. So that's something that I would discuss on the call to see what what type of level of involvement does that person or that business really need. And then for done for you or the concierge service, I've, I've done that last year, but I'm venturing out of it. I want to focus fully on the education part on the course and on the mentoring and consulting. So the done for you is outsourced to a friend of mine who's been through the program He's a certified VSM implementer. And then I drive everybody who wants it done for you to him. And they're in the best hands there. Is there a particular stack of technology that you use, that you teach? Is that part of it as well? I mean, the, the tactics yeah. and so forth. But we're one of my points of understanding is like figuring out which tools to use in the WordPress space. Can you share a little bit about, is there something, or is that proprietary as part of what people say, you know? <laughs> no, that, that, that's all good. Um, that is one of the most common questions. And I think it is a little bit backward because the tools really don't matter in the end if you want to run a virtual summit. It is rather simple in the approach that I, I teach in VSM. You need a website where you embed pre-recorded sessions. You do some stuff live, some stuff pre-recorded. We all know how to embed a YouTube video in a website. You can do that with any page builder. It's rather simple. You can embed a live chat very, very easily from chat roll or something like that so that people can engage live. You can have in the simplest way, if you want to have live networking, embed a Zoom link and put people together on Zoom, the very simplest form. What I focus on with VSM is more the strategic parts. Like, how do you make it a good event? You can have the best tech stack in the world, but if the content isn't engaging and if you position it in a way that nobody cares about it, why are you spending 10 grand on tech if the summit fails, right? So the tech stack in the simplest form is WordPress. Put some page builder on it. In VSM, we have templates for Elementor, for Thrive Card, uh, Thrive, Thrive Themes, for Divi, and for Gutenberg. So some of the most common page builders are covered. Then you need some form of payment gateway, which usually I recommend ThriveCard. You could go with WooCommerce and CardFlows. I've been playing around with that. That works rather well too. Um, you need some form. When you go with with WooCommerce, you need an affiliate plugin on top of that. ThriveCard has that integrated. With ThriveCard, you can use the Learn platform that they've just recently launched to then host the membership area when you sell the replays, for example, on the summit put the membership area there on ThriveCard. You can also do this. I'm playing around with Wishlist's latest uh, course add-on that they've launched. That's that's fun to play with. <laughs> I'll pretend I... I'll pretend I... <laughs> <laughs> you, you can talk about alternatives too. I, I, I mean, there's so, so many a, elements. Is it to a time machine or something? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's get back on subject. Um, let's go on. Let's, let's go on. I knew, I knew this was going to be. Oh, you had a good laugh. Come on. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, um, let's get on to. Um, so, I think um, after the pandemic and what we've suffered over the last couple of years, I think the the key word I think about twenty twenty two is community. Um, but, you know, how do you sustain community online? How you have community face-to-face? I think that's the word of 2022, community. 
can running a virtual summit help if you're looking to build community either around a product, a service, whatever your business plans are, Jane? I think that's the main purpose of a virtual summit, really, to bring people together. And you do that in a summit with four different ways to drive people to the website. Uh, the speakers are the obvious one. Everybody who speaks should be incentivized to promote the summit, either as an affiliate or just because they want to look good, because they are on a panel with 20 other speakers that are also relevant for their audience. And you give every speaker a free resource with the summit that adds value to the audience of the relevant speakers. So even if you as, as a summit host don't have your own audience, you're just starting, or maybe you're a freelancer, you have some freelance clients, and you want to level up that client base, you want to get more people, and you have 500 people on your list, you can still get like 2,000 people to your summit. My first summit took my own list from 600 to 3,500, 3,600 subscribers, something like that. So it works even if you don't have an audience. Um as I said, you give the speakers a good resource they can share with their audience for free. Then the second way to bring people to the summit is by having sponsors on board and having those companies promote to their audiences. The third one is having affiliates, which especially works well. And for the WP Agency Summit, I had a lot of success by tapping into Facebook groups around certain plugins, around digital agencies, you name it, and then recruiting those moderators as affiliates. That worked rather well. The fourth one is having media partners. So you try to get yourself on podcasts, you try to get yourself on blogs before the summit, and then they promote the event as well. And then on the fifth one, if you have the budget, throw some paid traffic on it as well. That works. But then once you have people on the summit website, the question is, what do you do with them? Like, how do you feel, make them feel involved in the summit? How is it not just a series of webinars that nobody watches? And the way I found works best is... You have uh, dedicated times for live networking and you make it fun. You have some live polls going on. You have some quizzes going on. You give away surprise stuff from sponsors during those networking hours. And we had when, when uh, Vito and I ran the WP Feedback Summit, we had Bob Dunn record a podcast episode in our networking area. And that, that was really fun. And those things happen if you pay attention to the attendee experience, as I said earlier, like it's not enough to bring 20 people together and interview them and step them onto a website. But what can you do that is relevant for your audience that gets them engaged? For example, I'm working with somebody in the neuroscience and yoga space and he has uh, yogi teachers who give live workshops that attendees can follow along. And then they can, they, it's actually structured as a science experiment. So they do a test before the workshop. I don't know what touched their left ear with their, with their elbow or something like that. I have no idea. And then they do a, yeah. And then they, they do a, I think a, I would the, pass the test straight away, Jed, but there we go. <laughs> so, so they, they have something they can, they can value. I'm sure Spencer would pass that, right? Jed. I'm sure Spencer would pass. <laughs> are you, by the way, are you working with Vito for this year's Otter, uh, no, Otterim? No. Okay. No. I, I, Vito and I pa passed ways, uh, uh, relatively shortly after the WP Feedback Summit w wasn't the best fit for working together. But um, essentially, when, when, you, when it comes to about, about involving your attendees, a good example is have them do something, have them watch a workshop, have them do the same thing over and over again and see how much easier that thing has become. So when you're talking about uh, 
as anything with physical is obviously easy to do when you do some stretches or something like that and you want to teach something like that. But it can also be applied to coding workshops, like do a one-hour coding workshop live and solve a specific problem on, on caching a database request or I don't know what. But this heavily depends on the strategy and the target audience that you want to have. Right. What, what are some of the consistent mistakes you've seen from the people you've worked with who try to run a virtual summit? And I don't know, maybe you can give some advice or tips on how you can avoid those mistakes for other people. Uh, excellent question, but I think we have to go for our break. And then Jan, Jan, can, Jan can answer that incisive question. We'll be back in a few moments, folks. Hi there, folks. Are you looking to build modern shopping cart landing pages using the power of WooCommerce for yourself or for clients? And you want to do that quickly with little need to know about hand coding? Well, if the answer is yes, and it should be, I've got the perfect answer for you, and that's Launch Flows. Launch Flows is the most modern and easiest way of building modern landing shopping pages for your clients. It also works natively with Gutenberg and the leading page builders like Alamator or Divi. It's really flexible, really powerful. Are you a creative WordPress agency with a design focus? But are you looking for a great quality development partner, a technical development partner that really knows everything around WordPress and can help you with complicated build-outs? Well, I've got a fantastic solution and partner here, Hustlefish. Now, with Hustlefish, they've got many years' experience in helping design-focused agencies get superb results with very technical and complicated WordPress build-outs. If this sounds like the partner that you need, go over to hasslefish.com and book a free consultation. They'd be delighted to help you. We're coming back. And if you want to get the WP Tonic weekly newsletter, which is a summary of our Friday show and has all the links to the panel recommendations, plus an editorial written by me, which is normally quite outrageous. Just go over to the WP Tonic website and sign up for the WP Tonic newsletter. And you can do that by going to WP Tonic slash newsletter. Back over to Spencer and that insightful question, Spencer. I can ask the question again. Yes. While, you're on, while you're on the stand, would the witness like the... No, I'm just saying. So <laughs> I was asking you about what are some kinds of uh, mistakes that you've seen people make from running a virtual summit and do you have any tips or advice on how you can avoid those mistakes if somebody's interested? Yeah, Same. yeah so um, one of the most common ones is not being clear about who exactly the target audience is. And then that that has all sorts of consequences as it has with any business. Like if you not know how to sell to or who you are selling to, like how do you even going to survive? And that's the same thing with the virtual summit. If you don't know what pain points you want to fix for whom, what transformations your target audience is looking for, then you don't know what are the right speakers to invite. You don't know what are the right sponsors to approach. You don't know how to structure the content. I've made this mistake myself 
that summit had a whopping 300 attendees, which is still 300 human beings. So it's nothing to look down at, but obviously it wasn't monetarily successful. <laughs> um, the second one that I would say is being overly pushy with the monetization aspect. And what I mean by that is when you run a virtual summit following the VSM process, you keep the attending for free and then you sell the replays you monetize via sponsors and you monetize afterwards. When you've built that list, when you've nurtured the relationships, that is when you can throw in your high ticket offer for a service or something like that. Or when you when you team up with speakers as joint venture launches, that's when you make the real money, not during the summit, not from the attendees. So the common way in virtual summit mastery is somebody signs up for the free ticket. They get presented with a one-time offer for the access pass, so the re fancy name for the replays and some bonuses. Within 10 minutes, that offer is gone. We use deadline funnel for that usually. And that is the lowest price you can get that all access pass for. And then you push it through the emails. You try to promote it again. You promote it subtly on the website, but you are not overly pushy with this. And I see some platforms that focus a lot on trying to make the host the most money sacrificing the attendee experience in return. So when you are on a virtual summit as an attendee, you want to see the sessions. You want to see additional information about the host. You want to see some form of session notes so that if you don't have the time to watch a 30-minute interview, you download a PDF and get the gist straight away. You want to have the transcripts there. You want to have a live chat there. You don't want to see constant pictures of of the all-access pass, buy the replay, buy the replay, buy the replay. That's when you tune out and that's when people say they are fatigued of summits. So be mindful about that and be respectful of the experience of the summit attendees is what I would say in that regard. And sacrifice your monetary rewards in the short term if needed to make sure that you build a strong fan base with the summit. You win the trust and the know the like factors of the attendees, and then you nurture them via email and you sell them later. That's how you build sustainable businesses. And then the third one I would say is only focusing on A-list speakers. And that might sound a bit counterintuitive. So you're saying you, that one should only focus on A-list? No, don't, don't focus. But I, I see some people who only go after the big names. They only try to get the biggest names in the industry to promote the summit. The point of that is when you only have the biggest names, they don't promote. Why would they? They have an audience of multiple hundred thousand followers. They are not interested in promoting your summit. They don't need that one video of theirs be overly promoted. They push it once. They, they maybe share it on social media. They probably won't send an email about it. They won't speak about it on YouTube or something like that. They won't mention it in other interviews and say, hey, I was just interviewed on Young Summit and it was the best thing ever. Like I had, for example, this week, I had a, a recording with a best-selling author who opened Adobe's keynote, the global Adobe keynote he opened this year for 4,000 4, people. And he's not going to promote the summit more than once or twice. I can't, I can't expect him to. I'm glad that he didn't charge me to be on the summit that I'm organizing. So to balance that, you need to have super enthusiastic speakers with smaller audiences who obviously need to know what they're talking about and they need to have a good message and they need to be good at presenting and all that stuff. But those are the people who tell everybody who wants to hear and who don't want to hear from the summit about that they are sharing the stage with these big names. 
And that is when enough people of that do that at the same time, that is how you make that wave in the industry. That is why some suddenly everybody is talking about your summit. I mean, it seems like I've seen your model, obviously, because I, I'm familiar with the Adarim summit and the other ones like it. And the, the thing that struck me as interesting, which you've outlined here, it seems like the model involves having sponsors as the first line of monetization yeah. and that the people who are attendees are basically big, being given a chance to see the content they want live if they show up, like the old-fashioned yeah. TVs that Jonathan and I grew up with. And that then they have a chance. Well, remember, like, which when I grew up in the 70s, there wasn't on-demand Netflix and Hulu. And- well, when I grew up, it was just for ADAs. But- yeah, right. <laughs> With a hand crank, you know. But the point is that you're sort of saying to the attendees, you get to see it for free if you can be there. But yeah. then you have a low-key approach to upselling it. But really, the key to your approach sounds like you really need to gather these sponsors and that you, I think from your model, because I've seen it in action, you're trying to say to the sponsors, you can also be a presenter if you wish to do that, right? And it depends on the type of package, yeah. So usually you have multiple tiers of sponsorship packages and the the cheapest one usually doesn't include a a sponsored speaker slot. And then the more expensive (laughs) the packages become the more value you have to give to the sponsor in return. And they usually right. ask for being a speaker, doing a live webinar. You can do a roundtable, bring all the sponsors together, have a one-hour conversation and have them tear themselves apart, essentially. Um, you can do all sorts we, we, we of def- stuff. We definitely have to have that. Uh, um, <laughs> uh, um, um, Jane's been quite impressed with my selling ability, haven't you, Jane? Yeah. Do you, do you Oh, let me ask you, sorry, to, to, do you find that it's a good strategy to, with the low-end speakers, the, the ones that are really able to hustle, do you have any strategy advice about do you ask them to be sponsors? Does that precipitate more or less involvement? Or are you just saying, like, I want you to come and bring your audience. That's your pay. I, you know, I make speakers pay. affiliates for the All Access Pass. So the more they promote, the more money they make. And that's, again, less interesting for the speakers who are already successful, who have their big audience. <clears throat> they have bigger income streams than promoting a $100 all-access pass. But if somebody is just starting out and they drive like $1,000 in affiliate commission, they're really happy about it. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, that, that makes a lot of sense when you say it that way because you get more action from people with their own audience that are trying to climb the hill so you don't yeah. charge them money. They bring their information. And then the people that are, let's say, interested in getting attention will pay for sponsorship if the audience of the other uh, speakers is relevant to them or is relevant yeah. to the product. Yeah, and th- there is this. Uh, sponsors and speakers are completely different. So speakers usually don't get paid. I mean, some some summit hosts say, okay, I want to re- I want to compensate you for your time. So here's like, even if it's a symbolic hundred dollars or something like that, um, some summit hosts simply don't have the budget for that, so they don't pay the speakers and they just make them affiliates. The point about that is be upfront mm-hmm. about it and don't assume the speaker doesn't want to get paid, but just be transparent about it, and then. Not every sponsor is becoming a speaker automatically. So it has to be a good fit. And I've had actually, I've seen sponsors turn down the speaker slot because they didn't want to. They don't for like whatever to do reason. 
Yeah, maybe they just don't have the manpower to 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 properly produce an interview or something like that. Yeah. And it's always a case by case decision. Really, the the key thing I learned with sponsors is you cannot communicate enough because usually misunderstandings happen somewhere around the process. Um, you cannot assume anything. You always have to spell every little detail out and you have to be flexible in terms of what perks and what packages they get because every company has their own take on marketing, has their own strategies and you want to you wanna accommodate that. Yeah, I think on myself, I think also having a track record, I think it's helped, you know, as Spencer says, my smooching has um, benefited me because I am the king smoocher, aren't I, Jan? <laughs> definitely. Most definitely. Uh, I, I've been impressed with the level of I think you companies mean schmoozer, you got involved. Schmoozer. Schmoozer. I think that's how you pronounce it. Because <laughs> I think a smoocher does something else, but not necessarily. <laughs> We won't go there. This is family friendly, please, Spencer. Uh, right, where are we? I think it's time to wrap up the podcast for the show, but um, I'm sure Jan's up for staying with us for another 10, 15 minutes. You can watch the whole interview plus the bonus content on the WP Tonic YouTube channel. Plus, we've got a load of other content on there. Plus, if you're really brave, you can join the WP Tonic tribe on the Facebook master, WordPress mastermind group. It's got the longest title of any Facebook group in the world. I can't even pronounce it myself, which Spencer constantly criticizes me for and takes delight. But there we go. I'm used to that. So let's wrap up the podcast part of the show and let Jan. So, Jan, what's the best way to find out more about you and your fabulous virtual summit mastery course and other services, Joe? Has to be virtualsummitmastery.com. And if you want to search for Jan Koch on Facebook, you will find some dude that looks like me and that has a weird background with the VSM logo on it in the cover profile. Oh, I look forward to that. Um, Spencer, how can people find more about you and your wisdom, Spencer? Uh, at WPLauncherify.com. That's the easiest way. And I just want to save um, audience, I'm really delighted that the audience figures have expanded enormously recently and we're becoming one of the top podcasts in the WordPress and SaaS space. I hope to grow it even more this year with your help. I just wanted to say thank you so much, audience, and being part of the tribe. Like I say, join us on the bonus content. We'll be back next week with another fabulous guest. We'll be back soon. See you soon, folks. Bye. Thanks for listening to the WP Tonic Podcast, the podcast that gives you a dose of WordPress medicine twice a week.